Hi, everyone, and welcome to Maker and Creator, the podcast about creativity and culture and how it affects us. My name is Jai Smith, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Alex Adams. Alex, I miss you. You're so I, far away. I know. Oh, my gosh. Um, like so many businesses and um, podcasts, we've had to adapt, and this is our first isolation virtual podcast recording. So I miss you, too. I can see you, but, you know, yeah. same. My Choosing our wines uh, together. Yeah, I know. Also, it's the morning and I've got coffee and I've got one of Steve's new cups, actually. So when we heard about today's guest, uh, Alex Roberts, which is going to get really confusing as we keep saying Alex over and over again. I'm so sorry. Uh, yeah, could you change your name, please? Um, <laughs> it was really interesting. I, I took a moment to think, you know, paint is really one of those things that we see every single day, but I don't think anyone really acknowledges unless you were constantly thinking about it. Um, yeah. And we live in like kind of this super visual world. And I just think it's it's really overlooked by a lot of people. Um, and I've been involved with interior, I nearly said been involved with interior designers. That has the wrong connotation. <laughs> Although maybe, I don't know. Um, but I mean, I've been involved in some interior design projects before. And it's really only the time that, that on a personal level I connected with it. But when we heard about Tint, there was something that Alex and me, I think, both said to each other instantly. It's like, oh, it's a technology company. That's cool. I need to know more about this. Yeah. Because I think on the surface, I was like, I like paint. I paint all kinds of weird <laughs> things, but I'm like, none of it's very cool. But we need to know more about this. So welcome to the show, Alex Roberts. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This is um my first podcast. I'm not nervous. I'm oh. fine. Really? First one. It'll be all right, right? Yeah, it'll be fine. What can I possibly say that's been recorded, sent out to thousands of people yeah, and, you know, not exactly. worry about how I found yeah. it? Yeah. So I love the sound about- of my voice. <laughs> <laughs> um, tell us about Tint. Um, tint. All right. Well, um, I was just explaining before a little bit to your Alex. Um, that, yeah, so Tint is a paint company. We're direct-to-consumer um, trying to revolutionize the way people shop for paint and it's um, all purely online. Um, Tint in general, we have like a very curated color range. We have 70 colors. So it's all about making the process really shoppable online, simple for the consumer, easy, and of course, like fun, fun to do. It's a fun process. Why shouldn't it be? Um, So Tint in general is, you know, a typical direct-to-consumer startup, I guess, at the moment, trying to shake up an industry that's been a little bit stagnant for a little bit too long. Um, Probably one of the oldest industries. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. It would be as old as construction as soon as somebody said, I don't want a brick, I want a colour. Yeah, exactly. But um, as you said, it is a technology company too. So we actually started as a technology company. The company was called Pallet. I am now um, married to the founder of Pallet, so um, he co-founded that. A merger? Um, yeah, exactly, a merger. <laughs> he co-founded that with um, two uni friends when they were, what, was 2011. They started this uni project to make this colour device, so a device basically that you could use to scan a surface and capture the colour of it. Um, so that's... Kind of like where Shazam it, for music, but for colours. Yes, oh. but we're not allowed to say that. According really? To oh, okay. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, I guess. We tried that one. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm not the first one. I mean, it's just such a natural thing that comes to people's minds. It is. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, see a colour. Um, it works. The device works with your phone. You have the little device. You pop it on the surface, press scan, and it captures mm-hmm. the colour and drags that over to your phone, which you can then use digitally. Um, and that was always the plan, to be able to use it digitally, basically. 
Um, So they started Palette in 2013, um, the three guys, and quickly ended up working with paint brands as a result of it because a lot of paint companies saw this as a great opportunity for people to capture colour, match it to their paint library, and then be able to paint with the closest colour to whatever someone was scanning. Um, so can I can I ask yeah. a silly question? Um, so in in my line of work in advertising, there's a there's a product I use called Adobe Capture, and I'm sure there's another one I use. Yep. What's the difference between something like that and which I imagine is more digital for digital uh, and, yep. and the palette product? Um, well, the palette product, the I mean, I guess with anything, there are a lot of apps that you can use to you know um, take a picture of a surface and pull the color out mm. of something, or to um, eyedropper from a surface and pull the color out of that digitally. Um, what the difference is with the devices, and our most recent one is called Pico. So if I refer to a Pico, that's one of the little color devices. That is, it's that it um, is placed physically on the surface. So you can't right. just use your phone. So by placing it physically on the surface, what it does is block out all ambient light. So it creates like uh-huh. a light controlled environment. Yep. Therefore, the light that we're passing onto the surface to read the color of it is completely measurable and accurate. Therefore you can get like a complete cool. accurate color reading. Whereas if you take a picture of a surface, like light really affects the way color is represented. Um, your camera quality could reflect. Yeah, also like your different cameras. Yeah, if you compare yeah, like exactly. the Android to an iPhone, the, yeah. the color or even different generation iPhones, they all have different colors. Yeah, exactly. Mm. And I could take a picture of the you know same pink wall under four different lighting conditions and it would look mm. completely different. But yeah, if I scanned right. it with a Pico, I would get the exact same color of the wall every time because it controls the environment that it's scanning with. So what's the Pico look? Is it like an an adaption that you put onto your phone or something? It's like a tiny, um, it's basically the size of a lipstick container. It's a little device and it just pairs with your phone via Bluetooth. So it's not connected, but so it connects cool. via Bluetooth. So you just carry it around like I just carried it around. And if I see something I like, I scan it and then I make it a paint color. <laughs> right. And that is my job. <laughs> so you're the person I should ask. You know, I'm I'm obsessed with getting different shades of black in all yeah. my things at the moment. And yep. there's a I'm, I'm on a deep coffee binge, being an ISO at the moment, yes, and I keep I finding imagine. the same blackness at the moment, but uh, with uh, some appliances. Yeah. Where does where does something like um, uh, palette end and tint begins? Because yeah. is that the origin of the companies for tint? Well, it definitely was the origin. So basically being palette and having these devices, um, then working with a lot of paint companies across the whole world, we made a device called um, Snapshot for Jewelux. So similar to Pico, it was used by their professional painters to, um, you know, scan projects that they were working on where they needed to match a colour or their client wanted a specific colour. so that's where it started. That's where we kind of started getting our head in this paint game, which we never Mm -hmm. really – we when the guys made this device they didn't know where it was going to take them they just thought it was a really cool idea and did um, any of them have any painting background like was this just no no pure technology they were all engineers it was an engineer project at uni and that's where it started from okay um but as we had it and as we started working with paint companies and therefore with painters we were noticing this trend where people were scanning a color and then kind of wanting to order online but getting stuck So something that traditionally was, you know, you would have to physically chip the wall, take it to a paint store and get it matched. They were now able to scan the wall, but then there was no like follow through for them to order the paint from their paint makers or anything like that. So we started thinking, oh, actually, this is a really cool 
way to stir up the industry and get paint online. No pun um, intended. <laughs> no, no, pa- no, no puns intended ever. And um, then, you know, we were a technology company. Well, Palette was a technology company. I wasn't working there then. Um, but being married to George, obviously, I was heavily involved in the process. But um, <laughs> It was really you. And then yeah, one it was day me. <laughs> it was all me. <laughs> I came up with this whole concept. But, um, yeah, so we, we, we thought, okay, we're a technology company. We will talk to paint companies about doing this for them. We didn't want to do paint ourselves necessarily. The easiest option for us with our technology hats on was to be technology and provide technology for other companies to be able to move online mm. and um, being young and being a startup palette itself. You know, we had other cool ideas about making the process easier and stuff. And we probably, I would say, I think it was about two years ago, we did like a dummy website for a paint company, which we called Can Can. Uh, <laughs> as an example... <laughs> I know. And then we were like, should we use that name still? But we didn't. Um, and we, you know, took this to Dulux and we took this to other paint companies around the world and said, hey, look, this is what we can provide for you. We can build the platform. We have the colored devices. We can build an app for you. We can build the website. We can do the store and you can sell your paint. And we spent probably two years trying to get that up and running with other companies. And then we're, we're young and we get frustrated when things are too slow. <laughs> and eventually we were like, Let's just do it ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> Good on you. And so then Tint, which well, what became Tint was kind of born out of this idea that, well, we can't do it with other companies. The opportunity seemed just too fun and too cool and we were kind of invested yeah. in it at that point. And that's when I came on board to really help create what became Tint, basically. So is there one what, – what drives all this um... – you know, what drives the company and yourself from a creative or a, even just a, a business point of view? I, I like that everything you say is like, this wasn't good enough, so we did this. Or mm-hmm. we saw this, so we did this. What Do you guys talk about that internally? Um, Yeah, definitely. Like when we, when we decided that we were going to do it ourselves and we were like, okay, right, <laughs> let's learn about paint. Let's, you know, <laughs> we went back to the basics and we as DIY painters ourselves, you know, in the past we've painted our apartment, we've painted houses before, um, and we kind of knew what our pain points were across the process and we went, okay, well, yes, we have this technology, which is awesome, that can really move colour selection and colour capturing online and can make a whole, you know, custom colour world possible. But at the same time we went right back to the basics of like how do you sample colour, how do you get inspired by colour, how do you then you know, purchase that color. Um, mm. How do you paint that color on your walls? So we kind of went back and hacked away at every step in the paint process and thought, you know, what can we do to make this better? Make it more fun, make it easier for people and make it less of a, as you were saying, you kind of get into this world maybe for the first time with an interior designer or on a bigger project, but how can we make this more, you know, for the everyday DIYer and something that seems more approachable, I guess. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, like, who's your um, optimal customer? I mean, I've, I've painted my apartment. Well, I didn't personally. I hired a painter. Yeah. I selected mm-hmm. Antique White USA. Like, yeah, my parents exactly. Had it, on walls. it was a yeah. classic colour. I played it safe. Um, but, yeah, I'm like, oh, I would like to do a feature wall one day. Uh, you know, yeah. I wouldn't even know where to start. I'd just go down to Bunnings and pick out a colour and think, yeah, that looks good, and they shake it up and then we paint it, right? Yeah. So uh, would I be someone that you would target, someone who's looking at 
getting into it or is it mainly um, uh, interior designers or people on bigger scale projects? No, definitely. Like we've um, we've had a lot of interest since launching. So we launched, you know, early December. We've had a lot of interest from interior designers and specifiers. But really like our main target, our main market when we started this was, you know, the direct to consumer. We wanted to be able to sell straight to the person that's going to paint. And yes, you can hire someone to use our paint, of course, but we also really love the idea of DIY. Like you should try that at least once in your life, picking up a paint roller and really realizing how easy it is to just like change your space is actually quite yeah. fun. And then you're invested in it. You've done it yourself. So definitely our um, market is a lot of DIYers, people out there who just want to do things like paint. Paint's, you know, one of the most economical ways to freshen up a space and change it. So mm. um, we've definitely noticed that now with everyone being locked at home that yeah. people want to, you know, change things and make their space welcoming and, yeah, I heard Bunnings so, going nuts right now. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, you can't get a handyman out to do a job because they're all really busy. Yeah, Alex, exactly. what's your background? Um, you sound like you've you've always had a bit of an eye for design and something you're quite passionate about. Have you been in the creative space before starting with Tim? Yeah, definitely. I actually, um, I've always grown up being like half science, half creative. So I've always been kind of torn between the two sides of my brain. Um, and when I went to university, I studied psychology, actually. I, well, I studied science and I majored in psychology. So I majored in the most artsy part of science I could, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then when I left university, I quickly just found myself working in much more creative roles. Um, I really like um, DJ, who the founder of Palette and Tint, he was going, we've been dating since high school, so we've been together for ages, and he was going on mm-hmm. exchange to... Canada and I just finished university before him and I was like okay cool I'm gonna get a job at a fashion store seed and just work retail and save some money basically and go to Canada when he's over there on exchange Um, which I did but when I started this retail job even there I was meant to be selling clothes but I found myself you know fixing the store and then the visual merchandising team noticed me and was like oh well can you help us we're down one person today and then that quickly moved me to head office. I was working in the creative design team and ended up helping wow. with store planning and store designs and working with the creative manager there. And, um, you know, my role there quickly became anything from painting a canvas to go into the store to be like displayed as artwork to picking the bricks for the front of the store. And that's when I really, Huge. I kind of just went from being a casual retail assistant and fell into this, you know, um, interior store planning, um, visual merchandising role basically. Wow. How did you get recognised in those steps in your career? Because that, that's an incredible trajectory. That's, that's really mm, impressive. I don't know. I did the same thing when I started my – then I decided I wanted to work in homewares more and design and I just – I've never been afraid, I guess, to go back to like the absolute basics. I went into an office manager role at my other job with a company called Down to the Woods and quickly ended up doing product design and development and – everything like that I think I just I can't help it if I see something that's you know needs to be tweaked or if someone's talking about you know designing something or picking colors for a new range of wire baskets I just couldn't help but you know pipe up and be like (laughs) but what about this and then you know I guess you just start doing it and um I don't know I think you're off normally you're best at what you're passionate about I guess so that was the stuff I really enjoyed and that was therefore the stuff I always got drawn to. 
and then if you know if you can hold your own and you can do it then people will recognize that yeah um that's yeah that's probably the easy part is just like proving that you can do it but so yeah, through your experience <clears throat> and now with obviously a lot more maybe at the coalface experience too with kind of with you know a direct to consumer model um and possibly very topical right now <clears throat> what are the color trends you're seeing we, when i was originally looking at this question i was gonna oh, what are you seeing in startups and new businesses but have you already started to see kind of home offices and how they're starting to evolve in terms of color palette yeah definitely we've um we've seen a lot of i mean interior colors in general are moving kind of into like a warmer space than they ever have before you'll probably notice it more in fashion and stuff a lot of beiges, a lot of browns and camels, um, clays and kind of like warm, earthy tones. Yeah, I was looking at your website. I like the, the top, uh, and I've got to ask you where these names come from. So yeah. <laughs> the colour that <laughs> I would just call part. beige yeah. not only is called refer to the stars, but the the descriptor colour or probably the, the, the literal yeah. colour is called very light. And I had to, I still don't know how to pronounce this and I've been looking at this for yeah. hours. Is grige? Grey, yeah, grey, yeah. Okay. So grey is a popular. It's like a mix. Obviously, it's a mix between grey and beige, basically. Oh. Um, I've never. Heard, oh, I learned something yeah. new. <laughs> so I think grey. Oh god, I, I maybe I'm wrong here, but grey. I'm pretty sure was a color that Kelvin Klein um, created years ago. Well, created yeah. coined years ago in um, the 90s or something. It was you know this grey beige, and it was grey, and everyone loved it. And I guess, you know, the 90s have made a comeback and so has Grage, definitely. <laughs> and we're kind of moving away from cooler tones in general. Obviously, cooler tones can still work, um, but just moving towards like a warmer space. I think it kind of has a lot to do with, um, and now, as you were saying, people in home offices, people being at home full stop, people having to separate their home from office work, mm. work and play is like all in one space now. Mm. Um people kind of are turning to their space as a bit more of a sanctuary than it was before. So, right. you know, bringing a bit of um, warmth into your home and making it a bit cosier, I guess, is becoming more and more appealing to people. And just it's just a general trend as well. It also really reflects um, kind of sustainability, like people vouching more for handmade materials, handmade ceramics, um, natural materials, linens and woods. Yeah. And they those kinds of materials sit really well with warm colors, right? I think that That's a general trend. I think that really epitomizes, you know, we maker and creator. We're all about creativity and how it impacts us and our culture around us. Yeah, and I think that Jai, you know, that kind of just epitomizes everything that we're in the pursuit of finding on the podcast is what's examples of creativity that is impacting culture. And I think if that's not a prime example, I don't know what is. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and it's a complete like full circle because the culture is definitely affecting your creativity as well yeah. right now. You can't really escape it. You're you're stuck inside, and you the choices you make that you bring into your home mean you know more than ever. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, and on our last episode with um, Damon Downey, we we spoke about um, how people are going to express their creativity through these means. I mean, obviously with art galleries closed and concerts and performances and, you know, we're already seeing so much innovation come out of this current situation with everyone in isolation. Um, Do you think, how do you think people in your space are going to express themselves through this? Obviously it's going to make it a lot easier for them to order things online and be able to 
work on their DIY projects. Um, any yeah. other sort of areas of innovation that you, you think we might see come out of this from your perspective? Yeah, we've definitely obviously noticed, you know, you, you have to be online now more than ever. And um, we're really lucky that we're in a position where so far COVID has been a great business opportunity for us. And we've seen a massive spike in sales, which is a really rare position to be in at the moment. I know a lot of friends who've lost jobs and are really struggling. A lot of businesses are really struggling. In terms of the design space, I think it's going to push more things digital as well, not just ordering your paint online, but selecting your color online. Um, We have um, our app as well is also becoming a lot more used and engaged with than it was before. We have an app that works by itself, it also pairs with the Pico device if you happen to be scanning a color, but you can use the app to basically build out your space or build out a wall in your space and paint it virtually wow. Um, wow, that's really cool. before you then obviously decide to paint your wall. So you can be at home, um, build out a square on your wall, cut out a little window into it, um, select a color, be it one from our range or one that you've scanned with the device, paint mm-hmm. it check out what it would look like in morning and day under different light conditions, Wow! play around with it. That kind of stuff I think is um, it's definitely going to become hopefully more advanced, more developed. Technology is also, you know, helping us along the way. Apple just released a really cool new iPad that has all this great AR, augmented reality technology. So I'm very excited about that. It makes, you know, virtually decorating your space a lot easier. Um, I guess also like we – you know, we were looking at being a part of a lot of trade shows this year and doing kind of installations and stuff. And I guess it's just, it's opening this whole new digital platform of, you know, mm. virtual galleries. And, you know, there are people out there doing art shows virtually online and walking people around the gallery and people can look at different spaces in the gallery or move within it. Um, it's just, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens but I guess digital for now is the answer because that's the only like us talking screen to screen right now (laughs) um that's the only option really Alex have you ever had any creative fails everyone always loves a good fail story come on you sound like you've got it so together the point of creativity (laughs) to continuously fail until you don't um Gosh, I can't think of an exact example, a creative fail. I mean, honestly, I feel like 90% of creativity is trying and failing. And then you've got that 10%, if you're lucky, where you actually get something fruitful out of it and, you know, something that you can use or be inspired by. Um, I mean, plenty of things like, you know, DIY projects that have gone completely wrong. Or um, <laughs> even little things when I was selecting the color range, I'd be like, oh, scanning something and be like, oh, this is a beautiful color. And then, you know, I'd look at it and I'd be like, oh, gosh, that is terrible. <laughs> um, it's, yeah, there's, there's been many uh, fails along the way for sure. Do you have a favorite color from your uh, selections of blobs, which I also yes, enjoyed the name of? the blobs. Um, I do. I have many. I'm... If you asked me last week, I would have said inner self. Um, inner self. It's a like dusty pale green. It's probably it's one of our most popular colors as well. Oh, yeah, I got it. Um, and it's it's just really calming, easy to use. It's a little bit gray, a little bit blue, a little bit green. It um kind of ticks all the boxes. Mm. But um, 
I think also I really love a color called Potter's Square. So that's a um like a deep terracotta color basically. But that one I love because I scanned it from a pot in Kathmandu. So like there are colors that are in the range that I'm personally attached to obviously. Um is, so of course is I that love where them. the batch brew one came from? From coffee? Yes, you yeah. can scan coffee with it. So you can um Die, that's right up your alley. I know, I spotted yeah. it earlier and I'm like, because batch brew was a really specific term for like uh, a filter coffee and it only yeah, comes exactly. in certain places and like at single origin you can ask for a batch brew and they know what you're talking about but yes it's a really specific <laughs> specific coffee that sometimes isn't advertised either yeah yeah so that's a that's a coffee based color for sure so um you can scan something like so coffee's obviously not a technically with pico we recommend you scan a flat painted surface Mm-hmm. But um, I break those rules all the time. If I'm not trying to get a direct match to match. a color, if I just want to be inspired by something, then I scan anything. I'll scan a terracotta pot or I'll scan some coffee beans and see what comes up. <laughs> I did like the name of your black. It, Alex, it's called No Battery. Oh, yes. Well, that's good. <laughs> Welcome. I so. <laughs> now we have continuously so, have battery. I've not run out of battery once in the last few weeks because I'm sitting right next to my charger 24-7. <laughs> yeah. You know, my phone dies more now than it ever has before. And I think it's because oh I'm multi-screening. Oh, maybe. Yeah. And I feel like same. I can never get it charged. Like I'm just, I'm forever like, oh, I've got to go charge this again. I'm like, okay, I've got to walk over here. Yeah, exactly. I think I socialize away. more now that I'm in isolation than before. Like ha- that house party app. I'm oh. constantly chatting to people on it. I've <laughs> talked to so many people that I've never, that I've not talked to in years. Like I used to live in England and I've got, you know, friends in England that I've just they just call you because no one's got anything to do. <laughs> then you just get a phone call from some, like my friend's younger brother just called me from London the other day. And I was like, oh, hey, what's up? He's like, hey, just bored. Thought I'd call you and have a chat. I saw you were online. <laughs> I was like, okay. That's I'm up awesome. to the A's in my phone. I'm up to Alex yeah. Roberts now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Pretty much. Uh, a little bit of a, a fun exercise. Um, yes. And hopefully you're okay with this. But basically <laughs> I do need to paint a home office here. Okay. Yep. Um, so, uh, what what were the tips you would take me through if I was, you know, going to redo my entire office in terms of I'm just going to start again. Yep. Uh, it's a little three by four room. Got yep. Well, when I really look at it, um, there's a lot of uh, audio equipment in here. Yep. There's guitars and there's a lot of guitars in here at the moment. And then I've got nice. you know monitors and speakers galore because yep. I'm a nerd. Uh, and as I said, a big affection for black. Painting an entire room black does sound a little terrifying, even for me. Yep. Uh, but it's definitely in some of my favorite colors, as well as lime green, which doesn't help anyone ever. What about what, what, <laughs> no, are, what are the sort of things? <laughs> what are the sort of things you would take me through to 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 help me on this process? Yeah. I, I mean, I guess at the beginning, you kind of want to do what you just did and look around your space, see what's already in there. That's kind of where I like to start. Look at what's in your room what will be staying in your room because obviously if you're renovating sometimes you get rid of your couch there's no point matching to it but you're looking at all your equipment so that's all a lot of black already in there and you can either work with that or try work kind of not against it but juxtapose it I guess mm-hmm. um, so kind of I start by looking at the space um, what's already in there what do I plan to keep um, then you've said it's an office so you want to look at what do you really plan to do in the space so if you plan to kind of mellow out and use your equipment to make music and record, you know, songs. You, I don't know what, what your guitars are for, but maybe you record music and stuff in there as well. 
then you can maybe make it a bit of a den and go with kind of darker colors and make it something mm. really cozy. But if you want it to be a super productive space where you're kind of more yep. alert, you might want to keep that a bit brighter and lighter in there so that you don't okay. kind of doze off too much when you sit down yeah. at your desk. Because that's it. Like this is unfortunately, as much as I would like it to be a den, I think yeah. in my heart of heart, it can't be. And yeah, I think exactly. That's what I'm struggling with. I'm like, I can't build myself a cave and then expect myself to write, you know, 20, 30 slides every morning. That's what yeah. I've got to do at the moment. But. Yeah. So in terms, I mean, in terms of picking color, there's lots of um, there's lots of guides and rules out there that kind of you know say that um, purple makes you really um, pensive and makes you think about things, and you know, red gives you a lot of energy and oranges and yellows like those brighter warmer colors give you a lot of energy but then you know you might want to go with blue because that's really calming and clarity Mm. or green if you're in an office all the time there's lots of rules and guides personally I really just like to go with a color that I like yeah (laughs) I, I don't know I don't I don't like to be too you know bugged down by all these you know rules around you shouldn't use pink in an office space because it will make you too warm and fuzzy and not make you concentrate like it's you know I just think that at the end of the day if you really like pink and that makes you feel good then go mm. for it um pick a color that makes you feel happy that when you walk into the room you're like yes this is yeah. my color yeah um, no, I think I think that's I think that's that's bang on because I'm a bit the same I'm so skeptical of color of psychology or psychology of color sorry yeah because I can't help but feel like we're regurgitating research that probably wasn't well that validated <laughs> Yeah, um, like, we came up with these rules. It's like I, I learned the other day the whole MSG thing and the reaction that we have or don't have to it is a little made up. Yes, um, yeah. It's one of those repeated things we've done. But, no, I think that helps me because I think I am trying to pick a colour and never being a colour person. Yeah. I don't really know. You know, I wear a white T-shirt and black jeans every day. Yeah, so It's hard exactly. for me to make that leap. Is it going to be lime yeah. green? No, but... Something might be lime green. <laughs> Something might be lime green. <laughs> Although I mean, now you can... show me that that the other green blob, your favorite. I kind of like that. In itself, I mean, that's a great like you know, just a fresh color, really. Like, yeah. it just, I think it really works in any space. What color is that one? In itself. So it's like a dusty gray green color. I absolutely love um, bright warm red. It reminds me of. Lady Danger matte finish MAC lipstick. That oh, I is that wore. one of the Pantone colors? Yes. Yes. It's called Lady Danger, and I wore it for years, and that's what it yep. reminds me of. Yeah, that's a really, I've got that lipstick as well. It's great. <laughs> I used to sometimes mix it with a bit of concealer, so then it would get this like pastel well. Yeah, exactly. It's a good color. Fun. Who thought paint could be so fun? I love, <laughs> I love this episode, Alex. Thank you for sharing all these awesome insights and oh no 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 problem styling and design tips. Yeah, I mean it's it is it is fun. I think that's the thing. Like we we you can get bogged down by so much stuff in terms of like you know you go to the hardware store, you stare at three thousand swatches, mm. you don't know what to pick, um, and that's what we were kind of really like. All right, let's keep a really simple range. Provide the products only in the finishes that people actually buy. Make sure the product is good. So make sure it's, you know, low VOC, so low in chemicals that are harmful in your house. Um, Make sure it's vegan. Make sure it's cruelty-free. Like just provide a good product that makes the whole process simple and then people can really kind of comfortably just focus on picking a fun colour and painting their space and that's all they have to worry about. Love it. Um, That was, you know, that was always our aim. So I think it's kind of... 
I don't know. It's yeah, it's good. If you can enjoy it, then that then we've done our job. Hopefully. Love it. <laughs> That's a good uh, end note. Can I ask you one other question? Maybe we can cut in yeah. um, elsewhere. And you don't have to answer this if you don't want to. If it's too personal, but um, you're so you're about to welcome a new little bub into the world. Yeah. Is there a color that you're painting the nursery? <laughs> Well, that's that's why I said if you'd asked me a week ago, I would have said inner self because I was going to paint it inner self. So um, the room is quite small. We live in a two-bedroom, you know, 70s apartment. So we've got a little spare room. The baby will be in our room at first, but we've got a little spare room that will be their room. Um, I've got a wonderful set of 15-year-old IKEA wardrobes and I was going to throw out the doors, but now being stuck in isolation, I'm like, well, I don't really want to go to IKEA and pick new doors, so I'm going to paint them. <laughs> So I might be painting those in inner self instead of the whole room. And then I was thinking of doing the whole room in like a beigey colour. It's called Fika. So it's like a warm beige. It's quite light. So especially in that room, it's quite light because there's not much light in there. So it actually comes across like just like an off-white almost. Um, so I'm thinking of just keeping it like, you know, easy breezy. Light colours, kids end up with so much colourful crap that I was just like, if I go with a big bright colour, then it's just going to look like a jungle gym in there because as much as I might try to buy wooden toy accessories and beige linens, I know I will be gifted a lot of colourful things (laughs) that I can't be able to completely hide in a box. (laughs) Oh, I love it. Thank Um, you so much for sharing, Alex. That's that's all right. Good luck with the next little while and um yes you guys too um i guess this is a new way of podcasting isn't it it is yeah well we'll have to keep you up to date with jai's program you you keep us up to date with the nursery and jai you let us know how you go with your lime green studio yeah yeah let's talk about that (laughs) 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 Uh, no you do you do what you want jai (laughs) very (laughs) diplomatic (laughs) thanks Thank you, Alex. So if people want to check out this awesome website that we've been talking about the whole um, show, it's tentpaint.com.au. And, yeah, even if you're not thinking about painting anything, just have a look on there for the novelty sake of the names. They're very clever and very fun. Uh, And if you wanted to get in touch with us, uh, you can um, share your own creativity or drop us a line on our Facebook group, Your Good Get Better, or you can individually hit us up on social media, Twitter, Instagram, Jai Smith and I'm Ms. Darlinghurst, Emma Darlinghurst. Tell us what questions you wish we'd asked or what inspired you. And if you know someone um, who'd be great for the maker and creator show, get in touch and let us know. That's it for this week. We'll be back next week online, virtually. (laughs) High five. Thanks for listening. To find out more, visit yourgoodgetbetter.com to join the mailing list, Facebook group, or get in touch.